Hi, welcome to Skip's Corner, where I cover Nashville's baseball history and events and introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans. February is Black History Month, and in honor of Nashville's connection to the Negro Leagues, I'd like to tell you a little bit about one of Tom Wilson's teams. Now, I'm looking at an image, and I believe it's in the form of a postcard from the National Baseball Hall of Fame. And I included this picture in my book, Baseball in Nashville. And you can also see it on baseballinnashville.com. If you click on the section that lists Nashville's Negro Leagues players, at the top of that list will be this picture. And you can also find it online. And it shows a team of black players standing in front of a wooden fence. And I can only guess, it doesn't say, that this is the Tom Wilson's ballpark in Nashville. The players are positioned as many team pictures are, with men standing in the second row, while those in the front row are down on one knee. And the uniforms are not exactly alike, but the players' first initials and the last names are written in at the bottom of the image that says, like, top row, left to right. And it's a little difficult to read the way someone has written it in, but the player's position is written in, too. Now, top row, left to right, the first one is S. Hughes, that's Sammy Hughes, and second base, A. Porter, that's Andy Porter, a pitcher. H. Wright is Henry Wright, the center fielder. H. Walker is Hoss Walker, the shortstop. R. Griffith, it's misspelled, it's spelled G-R-I-F-F-I-T, but there's an H on the end. Robert Griffith is a pitcher. S. T. Thompson, that's Samuel Thompson, also a pitcher. And R. Wright, pitcher. And Glover, pitcher and J, Jim West at first base. And then on the bottom row are B, Bill Bird, pitcher, Jim Willis, pitcher, Leroy Morney, shortstop, Paul Hardy, catcher, Jim, that's Candy Jim Taylor, the manager, and Z, Zolly Wright, right field, F, Snow, that's Felton Snow, third base, and then N, that's Nish Williams, catcher, and Red Parnell, left fielder. That's Roy Parnell, but his nickname was Red. Now, each player has a D on the front of his cap, but at the bottom is printed Nashville Elite Giants, 1935. So here's the curious part of this. Why the D? Well, this is not the Nashville Negro League team of 1935, but it is, but it isn't, but it might be. Well, let me explain. Tom Wilson was owner of the ball club since he put the Nashville White Sox in the Negro Southern League in 1920. And I believe that year he became the father of Negro League baseball in Nashville. And he certainly substantiated that for the next 17 years. He changed the name of the team to Elite Giants the next year for 1921 when they played independently. And although Wilson really wanted his team in the Negro National League, which was prestigious, Playing most of their games at Sulphurdale, Wilson decided to build his own stadium in a black community in the Trimble Bottom section of Nashville. In 1930, when he gained entrance to the Negro National League, his team played there for two years before that league disbanded. Now, his team played in the Negro Southern League in 1932, but in 1933, when the Negro National League was back in business, he fielded his team there where they remained for two seasons. Now, the 1935 
Club, which is pictured, opened in 1935 with an exhibition game against the local Old Hickory Black Caps, the winners of the Black City League crown in 1934. And the game was supposed to be scheduled for April the 7th at Wilson Park. But even though he owned his own park, he had become disgruntled with the attendance, and an article in the Nashville Banner on April the 6th reported his intention to move the club. And it said owners of the club found it necessary to move the franchise because the team was not adequately supported here. Now, in this game that was supposed to be played, admission to the game was going to be 40 cents. And as always, notices stated that sections of the stands will be reserved for white fans. Well, the April 7th game was rained out and rescheduled for the following week. And in the April 9th edition of the National Banner, announcing the new season would begin on Sunday, April the 14th, against the same local opponent, the newspaper added a paragraph about the relocation of the ball club. And it said, the Giants will represent Detroit this season. The club was not supported very well here, and when the Auto City asked the owners to move their franchise the deal was soon completed. Now, I don't know what the deal was, and I don't know who at the Auto City asked him to move. Thus, the D on the front of the player's caps in the photo substantiated that. But wait, there's more. With the Nashville Vols exhibition schedule in peril due to heavy rains that caused flooding at Sulphurdale, and in order to get the field in shape for the beginning of the Southern Association season, the Vols scheduled games against the visiting Pittsburgh Pirates and the Minneapolis Millers were to be shifted to Wilson Park with the Elites game scheduled for 10 a.m. But I can find no score of the games against the Old Hickory Club. In fact, I know that the Pittsburgh game didn't happen because of rain. The Elite Giants were to have opened the regular season against the Pittsburgh Crawfords on Sunday, May the 5th. But rain forced postponement until May the 7th. And in a doubleheader, the Crawfords won both games, 8-5 to five and 3-1. to one. But in the banners report of the game, the team was called Nashville Elite Giants. There's no record of the team playing in Detroit that I can find. In the June 6th edition of the banner announcing a two-game series against Cincinnati, curiously, in Sulphurdale on June the 25th, just like the Crawfords game, it gave another location as the club's home when it said the local Negroes are representing Columbus, Ohio in the Negro National League and are well up in the running for the pennant. Well, various websites and publications list Columbus as the home of the Elite Giants for the 1935 season. Candy Jim Taylor, as the team's manager, was announced in another article when it said Fred McCrary, publicity man for the Giants during their stay in Nashville, is now named business manager. Now, as Tom Wilson, the owner of the club, not only disgusted and disgruntled with his fans who've not been showing up in numbers he expected, moved games to Sulphurdale and named a new PR man in the second month of the season, I wondered what's up. I don't ever really get an answer to that. I can't find anything. But on May the 29th, the Elite Giants are definitely in Columbus as they take two games over the Newark Dodgers, 11-4 and 8-4. However, later in June, it appears... He was gratified at the crowds that turned out for their games with Cincinnati in Sulphurdale. And the Columbus Elite Giants were to return to Nashville for a two-game series with the New York Cuban Stars. On June 29th, the club splits a doubleheader with the Homestead Grays in Columbus, losing the first game 13-6, but taking the second 2-1. 
And in between the regular season schedule, there were many games played on the road in Brooklyn, Long Island, and in Ohio outside of Columbus, such as Alliance, Ohio. And with the season ending in September, the Crawfords returned to Sulphurdale, and the banner reported the Eli Giants had finished second to the Crawfords in the second half of the season. Now, a great online site for Negro League statistics for players and teams, seamheads.com, that's S-E-A-M-H-E-A-D-S, it's excellent. It has the Elites as from Columbus, with games played at both Neal Park, N-E-I-L Park, in the Ohio City, and Sulphurdale in Nashville. And the team finished third in the Negro National League with a 30-25 and one-loss record, along with two ties. And even though Wilson claimed his team was from Columbus, some reporters must not have gotten the memo, as in some cases, the team was still referred to as the Detroit Elite Giants, and even played a game as the Nashville Elite Giants against a local Detroit amateur club in Detroit. Well, it appears Wilson could not find a suitable place to play in the Motor City, and if accounts claim the 1935 team is from Columbus, so be it, even with a D on their caps. Now, Wilson would move his team to Washington, D.C. for the next two seasons in 1936 and 1937 before the Elites settled in Baltimore through the 1948 season. And Wilson passed away in Nashville in 1947. Well, I hope you'll take a minute and be able to find that picture of the Nashville Elite Giants in 1935, who are not the Nashville Elite Giants, but once again, as I said earlier, yes, they are kind of, maybe, not really. They're the Detroit Columbus Nashville Elite Giants, playing in several places throughout the season. Well, I hope you enjoyed this segment of Skip's Corner. If you want to send me a note, certainly let me know at 262downright at gmail.com. I'm always grateful for your comments. I'm always grateful that you listen in. And I'll have some more black history in Nashville baseball as we go through the next few weeks of February. If you have a subject you'd like for me to talk about, certainly let me know that. I'm currently researching the Capital City League, which was an amateur league in Nashville. Most of the games were played at Hadley Park, some at Shelby and some at Centennial. And I hope to have that as one of the future segments too, which is the Black Communities Amateur League, the Capital City League. Until next time, this is Skip Nipper, and thanks for joining in.